listening to The Candy Shop Talk, brought to you by Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards and Research, and hosted by Kevin W. Grossman. Because improving candidate experience always impacts the business bottom line. Welcome to another episode of The Candy Shop Talk, where we talk about how improving candidate experience impacts recruiting and the business for the better. With me today is Joseph P. Murphy, Executive Vice President of Shaker, the creators of The Virtual Job Tryout. He's also a longtime supporter of the Candidate Experience Awards and Benchmark Research Program, and a data aficionado, as well as an all-around great guy. Welcome, Joe. Thank you, Kevin. Really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Look Absolutely. forward to uh, continuing the dialogue. Absolutely. No, I thank you for, for talking to, with me today, too. Let's first just start, let's kind of take a step back and give us uh, kind of a, a little bit of a background as to what led you to not only your role at, at Shaker and what you do today and, and, and the, the virtual job tryout, but then connect that dot to why you became involved in the candies in the first place. Great. Thank you. Um, our interest in the candidate experience goes back uh, over 15 years. We began building simulations as a modern form of candidate engagement and pre-employment assessment in one experience, knowing that many, many organizations, their candidates are indeed their customers or could be influencers in the market. We wanted those candidates, regardless of the recruiting outcome, to leave with a favorable impression of the company from their employment application. So we've actually been asking candidates for feedback for 15 years on their experience uh, as a, a candidate for our clients. And about, I want to say seven years ago, I conducted a large applicant survey uh, with a bimodal population, college leavers and then mid-career unemployed to explore their uh, candidate expectations. And that data was used for the first candidate experience monograph, which Jerry Crispin and I and a number of other authors completed about seven years ago. Wow. Wow. No, I, I love that. In fact, I didn't even have that, that rich detail of that background. So thank you for sharing. When, when you, going back to what you just outlined and, and what you ended up releasing about seven years ago, what, what were some of the challenges that you anticipated uh, with talent acquisition practitioners themselves trying to get their heads around this, as well as the processes that, are, that had been in place maybe a lot of your, especially today, your customer organizations, and just even just the technologies at the time and what they have access to today. What, what, are those, what are those challenges then, and what do they continue to be? Well, I can speak from the continuum. I've got 40 years of experience in HR, and when I was the director of HR, I put a sign up in front of the building not taking applications when I didn't <laughs> want people to disposition negatively, and that just doesn't happen anymore. Right. But relatively speaking, the applicant tracking technology is still very much in its infancy. Uh -huh. And in the last 10 years, um, we have consistently made it easier and easier to apply. And as a result of that, organizations get flooded with applicants. Uh, I remember talking to a client years ago 
who made that first step of having a career page but no applicant tracking system. And the head of HR just put his email address on saying, send me your resume here. And he went from getting about 40 or 50 unsolicited resumes a year to 500 in the first year. And he was <laughs> overwhelmed with what to do with that flood. Right. And that was just putting the email on. So the applicant tracking system and candidate relationship management software has allowed, you know, just an, even robots to apply for you. And right. last year's candidate experience data suggests that about 60% of companies say they're getting 200 to one yeah. applicant to hire ratio. And the challenges that that creates is 199 people don't get hired. And so recruiting is largely the business of rejection. And when 99% of your uh, candidate flow ends up with a negative career outcome, how you handle that messaging, how you handle the interactions, how you use automation to improve identifying the best and most qualified candidates and how you engage them and move them along and how you disposition them out really has a tremendous effect on the way a candidate walks away from touching your organization uh, as they pursue a career change. You know, one of the, absolutely, some, from the latest data set from 2015, and, and this was highlighted in the report and, and also in our workshops that we're, we've launched recently, uh, the candidate experience workshops all over the United States and, and Canada, as well as in EMEA and, and APAC, um, which we're very excited about. We kind of we cross-filtered or cross-referenced those individuals that said, how would they change their relationship with an organization based on them having an overall uh, really good experience with the company from in the recruiting process and or a really poor experience? And that was on a Likert scale of one to five, with five being the highest. Anyway, long story short, those individuals um, that had a one-star experience, a dismal experience overall per their own rating, um, about 40% of those this last year, which is a little bit of an increase from the year before, said that they would take their business elsewhere. 40% of those individuals. And even if, even if those, Joe, and I'd love to hear you, you comment on this too, even from those that may, that may not necessarily act out on that promise, I mean, even if a percentage, percentage of that 40% do, that's an impact to the, to the business and revenue, right? I mean, what, what do you think about that? Well, it ranges from truly a consumer business relationship where I could walk into a different store, a different retailer, a different online provider, right. uh, where it can indeed affect it to, you know, most of us as candidates aren't going to buy, you know, manufactured capital goods and equipment and correct. things of that nature. So, That's correct. Uh, but it may affect the way that I speak about the organization in the marketplace, getting down to the way that I talked with my friends who could be referral candidates or potentially other individuals who are considering a career with that organization. So it affects your talent acquisition strategy and your brand reputation in the marketplace, particularly, uh, I think we also have some data in the survey. I don't have it at fingertip, but how many people would I tell of a positive experience yes. or a negative experience? I don't know if you have that at your fingertip, but you know it does show that that message gets spidered into the community. 
So around when it's the inner circle, meaning, you know, immediate friends and family and peers that trusted inner circle, it's, it's upwards of uh, 60 to 70% that would share a positive experience and uh, around 50 to 60, I believe, that would share a negative experience. And then online, so those that would be willing to share via social, social channels like, you know, not only the Facebooks, Twitters, and LinkedIn's, but also Glassdoor, for example, and other review sites, um, that it, it's about 35% would share negative experiences online or willing to. And that's increased over the past few years that we've been measuring that. So it's, they will put that information out there for, for good or ill will, and you know, you'd rather have the good stuff out there but you're right but you're right about it it depends on industry um uh, because and that and that actually more broadly speaking the question did include take your business and or you you would never apply again or recommend that organization to to have others work there as well so complete and it can i mean it's 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 a pretty big impact so based on that let me um ask you first what candidate experience recruiting specific measures um, would you recommend should be baked into an organization's recruiting process? And then, then more specifically, I want you to talk about how virtual job tryout can, relates to that as well. But first, just generally speaking, what do you recommend? Well, one of the measures we use in the, the Candy survey is you know a version of the Net Promoter Score, and it's one of those measures where there's both uh, positive supporters and detractors of whether that's a useful measure or not, but it's kind of universally accepted that says, if I walk away from any experience and I'm willing to say something favorable about it or something less favorable about it, that's a measure of my overall experience. And there's very few other ways to measure it. And so the, complexity of the job application is we have a mixture of human interactions and technology interactions and it's Mm -hmm. a little more challenging for any organization as well as for the candy survey to kind of drill down and help identify the differences between all the various touch points and so that's one way to look at it uh one of the things that uh shows up in various ways in, in different recruiting processes is speed. And so when a candidate is looking for work and when they've applied at your organization, there's a high probability and we have the data on how many other jobs they're applying for a week at that point in time is speed can make the difference between losing them to another offer. Yeah. Uh, and so that goes to candidate satisfaction. I'm in the market for a job. Help me make this quick and painless right and those organizations who are able to manage candidate flow manage communications manage that time with the hiring manager or whatever their decision points are faster than others you know are more likely to win and so i think some element of speed or throughput would be an important measure for um, the candidate experience and one of the things we have not entered into, and that may be, you know, a next wave or a future generation, is a lot of the work that we at Shaker do focuses on quality hire. Uh And so that means you have to allow the new hire to achieve proficiency. So they have to go through their learning curve and you have to actually allow metrics to be accumulated as to how well they have achieved their production targets. 
and holding recruiters accountable for some level of mm-hmm. on-the-job performance mm-hmm. is another indication that I think is an opportunity to enhance that. And I've talked to a lot of recruiters and talent acquisition professionals who are more accountable to that time of offer, time of start, and then something else takes over uh, in terms of it's whose responsibility for the performance of the individual is. I've, I've chucked that person over to the hiring manager now. It's all, you know, I've washed my hands, uh, but do I have a downstream account- accountability for how I advance and vet candidates so that we're putting the best slate forward? And, and those are things that, you know, vary from organization to organization and are more difficult for a third party like us to build a survey that actually captures that. No, I, I completely agree. And I think one of the things that I know has also been clear over the past few years in our data is that a, a significant um, higher percentage of, of winning organizations, those top ranked benchmark companies that win a candy award with, with our, within our benchmark research program, those they more than often have greater accountability with their recruiters. It's tied to performance measures on a regular basis with their recruiting teams. And it's something that's also reported to leadership and executive management as well. So, I, I mean, that's, that's um, one, another way, to, again, to raise the bar based on everything else that you outlined. I wanted to ask you another quick thing, Joe, about the, um, the, the, the since you were have been involved early on with the development of the surveys that we we use in our research program and the benchmark program for both the, the employer and the candidate side, talk just for uh, briefly about the decision on the type of net promoter that was selected because it's not the 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 traditional consumer eleven point scale, the zero to ten. We have a much tighter one with definitive anchors. Can you talk a little bit about why we went that direction? Well, it's a great question, and you know, because the candies are run by a bunch of volunteers, bringing many different levels of experience and points of view, we settled in on kind of the five-point scale because of the five-star rating that's so socially prevalent and more universally understood. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to make a uh, a consistent degree of measurement uh, within the candidate experience uh, without having to create a lot of education or supporting documentation about what we mean by that process. It allows it to just simplify it uh, because we're just trying to correct a relative point of view. And, and there's you know whole different schools of thoughts on the different scales that we use, but it, it allows us to ask the candidate and ask companies themselves as they evaluate their uh, process mm-hmm. to use a, a standardized methodology. No, that's great. Thank you so much. We have recently also launched the 2016 Candidate Experience Awards and Benchmark Program to get employers to register to participate in this year. And what would you say to those organizations that may be on the fence that have been maybe looking internally and put, shining a light on what they think is working and not working, but are just hesitant on, on, a, on participating in a program like yours, what would you recommend to them to, to encourage them to do so? Well, there's 
a couple of different levels of consideration that organizations have to uh, go through to participate. The first level is obviously just participating in the benchmark, answering questions about your process so that when we get the results back, you can compare uh, your recruiting process to other people who have participated. And it's the first level of data regarding what's happening in the talent acquisition space. There also is a desire to learn something. You know, collecting data by itself begins to change things. Uh-huh. And so it affords you an opportunity to compare and contrast, make choices, set priorities. By going to the next level of soliciting candidate feedback, there is a level of transparency and a level of intimacy that occurs with the candidate saying, we want feedback and we want a feedback loop. And so to say, how would your candidates feel about being asked? So you have to know that once you open that door to that process, Mm -hmm. you have to patiently sit back and listen for all the good things they're going to share and all the less rewarding things that they might share with you. Right. And then it's a hold the mirror up and say, all right, here's some truth from people who have gone through our process. Um, Many of the organizations who have been uh, winners or highly rated organizations have used secret shopper candidates to Mm -hmm. go through their own application process so that they have already proactively started looking at it from an independent point of view to say, what is the experience that we're delivering and how do people react to it? But when you ask hundreds or thousands of candidates to give you feedback, you're going to get really unvarnished truth. It's a form of evidence-based process improvement. And some of the interviews uh, we conducted uh, at past events with organizations like Capital One and, and Intel and Microsoft have really provided you know, a first-hand user experience in terms of how those organizations have valued from collecting that data, looking at their process, and prioritizing what they might do mm-hmm. to improve it. And, and those videos are available uh, on the talent board's website, I believe. Maybe you can tell people where they can go visit those videos. Yeah, they can actually go to even our YouTube channel. Um, just search Talent Board on YouTube, and, and all those videos are that are associated with our organization are going to be there. Um, I believe they're also in the archives under resources on our website, too, so they can be viewed as well. Joe, the last, last couple of things, one thing I really wanted to, to mention before we go today is the fact that um, you recently were announced as in joining the, the board at the Talent Board. And we're very excited to to have you on board, just based on your 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 legacy here with the organization of, of all the help that you've provided today and support, not only being a sponsor, but helping to really craft and hone the the surveys with other volunteers on where we've gone with the, with the benchmark research program. So, welcome aboard as as a board member, and can, just really briefly, can you can you tell us um, why you decided to to come on board as a board member? What's the impetus there? Well, Kevin, thank you for that fine acknowledgement. And indeed, it was an honor. Uh, When the candies started, uh, I became an immediate volunteer and a volunteer leader of the survey process. Jerry Crispin and I go back almost 20 years now and have spent a lot of time talking about candidate experience. And so I wanted to show up and support this initiative. 
And and uh, late last year, Jerry called me and, and said, you know, we've been as an organization wanting to expand the board, and we've had you know long conversations about different people, and they'd like to invite me to consider you know a position on the board. And I was truly honored and touched by that. And I think it's you know my long career commitment to candidate experience related work and my dedication over the last five plus years now to the talent board and the candidate experience where they said, here's a guy who's committed to the cause, willing to invest his personal time and energy and brings a great perspective. And so I was honored and I look forward to, you know, contributing at a new level with the oversight of the the candidate experience awards and how we grow that community and the, the resources that we provide to the talent acquisition profession. Yeah, no, again, thank you for that. And I know the whole, on behalf of the whole talent board team, we're very excited to have you on board, on the board, um, to not try to create a pun there, but there you go. Um, so, so Joe, listen, what the la- very last question I want to ask, and, and, and I appreciate your time today, is outside of everything we've been talking about, outside of talent acquisition and candidate experience and even business in general, what do you have a sweet tooth for? outside of all the stuff. You mean outside of the candidate experience award? Yeah, I mean outside of the candy. Is there the anything pack. sweet outside well, of candy? There, well, there's, we know we've got the rest of our life out there, right? So, I mean, yeah, what is it that you like to do outside of the stuff that we've been talking about? Well, thanks for wanting to peel back the layer and look at me as the person. I have two uh, outside interests that I'm yep pretty excited about is I've been playing guitar since I was, I think, in fourth grade. So I, I find time to learn a new song once in a while. I play at church a couple times a year and I actually surprised maybe to a small degree our company. We had our annual company meeting and dinner and we had hired a musician for the evening and I started singing with him and then I actually borrowed his guitar and played two songs for the whole company at the restaurant we had. Oh, very uh, nice charted for the evening so that was kind of fun uh, yeah and uh a more recent and emerging passion is i'm working in leaded glass and i have completed a number of projects of various sizes over the years and i actually have a design approved to build some stained glass for our church oh wow and now i just need i need time to actually make that come to life but i i have uh Everything but the glass and the time right now, but uh, that'll be a project that I'll start in 2016. And I and make them come to life, you will. I know that. I know that for a fact. And I look we'll look forward to um, to seeing what your the art that you create from from there. So thank you, Joe, so much again for your time today. And again, welcome to the board. And and we're just excited about 2016 and beyond. And we'll see you down that candied road. Sound good? Beautiful. Thank you very much, Kevin. Appreciate the opportunity to share some of our insights and suggestions for people going down that let's improve our recruiting process with evidence road. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Candy Shop Talk. For more information about Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards and Research, please visit www.thetalentboard.org.